0: Well, thank you so much for the welcome, and it's really, really good to be with you guys again, believe it or not, Uh, but this is actually the first time since before COVID that I'm back here at the afternoon service. There you go. So uh, really great to see well-known faces, but also many of you that I don't know. Uh, So uh, I'm Lars, I'm part of the team at Christchurch London and uh, have the privilege of walking in many different ways with many of you guys here, with some of you on Alpha courses, some of you on Steps courses. So when I kind of look around, I see so many joyful stories, and I'm really pleased about that. So good to be with you. You are an amazing bunch of people. Are you aware of that? Yeah, you are aware. Yeah, Adnan Adnan is aware. Great. Well, that's basically my talk, so I can sit down now. (laughs) So, I'm going to preach as part of the the Gospel of Luke series, and we are kind of in the preparation phase before Jesus is born into the world, and this is also the text that we are going to read today from Luke chapter 1, from verse 26, Uh, and and this is this very peculiar story about uh, Mary having the visitation of an angel, being told that she, as a virgin, is to give birth to the Son of God. Quite an experience, isn't it? Quite, maybe, something that we could feel a bit far away from our reality of life. So, a big question for us this evening is, is there anything in a story like that that really speaks to us? That has anything to do with us in our situation of life? I really, really believe there is. Of course, Mary is special. Just think about it. God, who has all knowledge in the world about everyone, every person, when he is to choose who is going to be the mother of Jesus Christ, he chose Mary. There's something in Mary which must be essential, which must be important, and which must somehow, I guess, speak to us as well. So, let's listen carefully as we read this story together. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. Good question. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. This is an extremely powerful sentence. What a claim. No word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. So obviously that sentence from Mary signaled to the angel, my mission is accomplished. This was what I came for. These words from Mary, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled fulfilled I think the very key thing probably that God was looking for as he was scouting for who is it going to be who's going to be the mother I think it was this response this reaction from Mary surrendering completely to obedience to the word of God Another translation says uh, it like this. It says, may it be to me as you have said. It's kind of really existential. These words almost signal, let that be my fate. God, what you are saying to me, let that be my life. Let that be my fate. It's really big. Now, we're going to look a bit more into that, but... There is a context in this passage which really, I think, speaks quite powerfully into where we are today, uh, that it's important for us to look at. And we kind of hear it in the words of the angel who lifts this whole deal up to a big perspective, and kind of says it to angel, to, to Mary, this is about the kingdom of God, what I'm talking about here. In many ways we could call this story a reenactment of creation as we read about it in the book of Genesis chapter 1 where it says in the beginning God created heaven and earth and earth uh, but the earth was formless and empty and then the story goes on saying that the spirit of God was hovering over that which was formless and em- empty over the waters and then God spoke his word And these words of God encountered the presence of the Holy Spirit, and then the creation came into being. So there were three elements. The Word of God spoken, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and then this formless, empty earth ready to receive the creation of God. And we see the very same three elements in this story. There is the angel speaking directly to Mary, the words of God. There is a promise that these words will be met by the Holy Spirit, overshadowing Mary. And then we may be asking, so what about the third element? The empty and formless earth. Well, some might say, well, that would be the, the womb of Mary since she was a virgin. I believe there's a spiritual significant point in this, that the formless and empty part of her, the part of her that was ready for what God wanted to be birthed into the world to happen through her, that was her obedience. Now, this text not only points back in time to creation, it also points forward to our time, to where we are right here and right now. Luke, who is the author of both Luke and Acts, he makes a strong connection between this whole theme of the kingdom of God and then of the person of the Holy Spirit. There is a synonymity going on when Luke describes these two things. How does the kingdom come? It comes through the outpouring and presence and work of the Holy Spirit. This was how it was in the life of Jesus Christ, and this is even how it's happening today. We see it in the book of Acts, that Jesus meets the disciples after his resurrection, and he speaks about the promises of God, the word of God to the disciples. And then in chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes, and the church comes into being. A whole new creation is actually happening right then, right uh, now. So from then on, we kind of see, again, a reenactment of this whole thing, that the, the life of Jesus Christ is being presented, shown, left out among the followers of Jesus Christ as they lived filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we might ask the question, so who were these people? To who did God give this Holy Spirit? And this is actually explained in the book of Acts. It says in chapter 5, We are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. So there is a link here that goes all the way back into story, and it goes all the way up to us. Today, how are we connected to this story? Well, what we see is a modeling of the calling which is placed on each one of us individually and on us as a community, on you guys as a mile-end community locally placed in this area and us as Christchurch London in this city. That we are living out this life of the Holy Spirit. That we become the meeting places where the Holy Spirit is engaging with the Word of God. And from that, in our lives and through our lives, Jesus Christ is being reincarnated into this world. These are great words. This is a great calling. And of course, we need to ask, how on earth does this kind of play out with our lives. So let's go back to this story of Mary and see if there's any way we can identify with this story. Here we have a woman who is seemingly very ordinary. An ordinary woman from an ordinary town, from all we know. Luke was very precise in his description. She was an academic, so if there had been anything out of the ordinary, probably he would have told us. Mary also seemed to have a quite settled future ahead of her. She was engaged to be married to Joseph, who was a carpenter, so according to customs of this time, she would be his wife, carry his children, and look after their home. End of story. It was kind of an ordinary, middle-class life waiting for her. This was her destiny. But then God breaks in. And he does it by sending the angel with this particular message to her. Mary, you are highly favored. God is with you. In other words, you are anything but ordinary. You are hugely different from what you think and what you say of yourself. And now if we look at Mary's response to the sight of the angel, we actually start to see something extraordinary in her life. Interestingly, it doesn't seem like the sight of the angel actually frightens her. And I don't know if you recall, but if you go back and look at other stories about visitations of angels in the Bible, the first thing the angels have to say to people is, fear not. (laughs) Why? Because they were dead scared. I guess I would be too, right? But actually Mary wasn't. It was not the sight of the angel that frightened her. Isn't that a bit interesting? Why was that? Why was she different from the others? Even Zechariah, we would read about him just earlier on in the chapter. He was kind of professional in the angel business. He was a, he was a priest. He was dead scared too. Why wasn't she? Well, Luke doesn't tell us why, so we have to guess. So this is my guess, and think of it what you like. But I believe that Mary had practiced being aware of the presence of God. And therefore, when God manifested His presence, she wasn't shocked. She wasn't surprised. And if we ask about a key to understanding her response of surrendering so obediently to the Word of God, I think that was probably the key in Mary's life. Because if you are aware of His presence, obedience becomes the most natural thing in the world. It's not even really a question any longer. So here's a theme for your community groups this week. I really hope you will take me up on this. Try to talk about this in your groups. How do we practice becoming more aware of the presence of God in our everyday lives. So just last week, I heard a podcast uh, with uh, a speaker, a well-known speaker, and every 10 minutes or so, she she kind of made a noise or reacted in some way, and it was a bit weird, to be honest. I was like, what's going on here? But then about, I think, 30 minutes into the podcast, she said, oh, this is my phone or my watch or whatever, I made sure that it makes me aware every 10 minutes. Because then every 10 minutes I, have, I become aware of the presence of God. And I give thanks to Him. And then she just said a little bit about what importance that had in her life. Living with the awareness of the presence of God. So the sight of the angel didn't frighten Mary. But the words of the angel actually frightened her. Isn't that peculiar? Because what was it the angel said? The angel said, you are highly favored. God is with you. What's to be scared about? Well, how would you respond to those words? Or maybe how are we responding to these words? Because what is God's big message to us individually and as a community through the life, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ? It's this message. You are highly favored. That's why I I chose to give everything for you. That's why my love has no limits when it comes to you. He even gave this name to Jesus. You, He will be called Emmanuel, God with us. As powerfully, as strongly as the message was sounding to Mary, as powerfully it's going out to each one of us. And that can actually be frightening. I know this from my own experience. Because for some of us, that means that we need to start to think about ourselves in a different way. And we need to respond to life in a quite different way. So the angel actually needed to repeat these words uh, to reassure Mary of the truth of them. And before she was able to really receive these words, she wasn't really ready to receive the calling to give birth to Jesus Christ. And I wonder if it's the same for us, really. There was a surgery of the heart that was needed for Mary, which took place in this text. And allow me to explain the surgery through the words of my favorite monk. His name is Wilfred Stinnison, and he, he put it like this. He said, it's not circumstances of life that constitute our biggest burden as human beings. People are in themselves their own heaviest burden by not accepting being who they are. a little bit of a claim, isn't it? My experience is that he's completely right. That typically this is our biggest burden. Then he says, we carry the burden of someone else first and foremost by welcoming her and accepting her for who she is. And this was exactly what was happening in this text. This was the surgery of the heart of Mary that was happening. You are highly favored. Not you will be someday when you have these things in order and in place, when we have fixed you here and fixed you there. You are highly favored. God is with you. We are truly becoming who we are as we are growing in receiving this Message. And the thing is, as we are growing and receiving this message, Jesus is actually being reincarnated in us and through us. That is the divine miracle taking place. And then it starts to influence the people around us, our neighbors, our friends, our spouses, if we have one of those, and our colleagues. They are becoming as I am becoming. There's something hugely essential going on in this text. This is how God reveals himself. This is how he is becoming manifest into this world. It's really significant. Why is it significant for us to understand in the light of obedience and surrendering? Because we can't really give ourselves away. Before we know what it is, we give away. Before we, in obedience, surrender ourselves as a gift to God, as Mary did, we need to know the value of the gift that we are giving for the giving to be real. So, if I find a coin on the street, and as I'm walking the streets here at my land, I take it up and I, this is probably a 50p. I come in here and I hand it over to you, not knowing That what I found was a very rare coin. And the worth is 50 million pounds. Now what would I have given you? Well you may have received 50 million pounds. But I only gave you 50p. Is that right? We need to know who we are. Before we can give ourselves away. This is a whole thing happening, actually, in a transformational process. And these are all things happening at the same time as we are receiving the words from God, His surgery of our hearts. If we are highly favored with God, the value is at least 50 million pounds, isn't it? I think we are often caught between these words of God over our lives, And then the realization and the ability to receive his calling to reincarnate Jesus into this world. Caught exactly the same place as Mary actually was called. I had a peculiar experience myself of this years ago. It's a long story, but I will cut it short. I found myself in an environment where the love of God was both preached on and manifested in so many ways, so you almost felt it physically in the room. People literally actually sold everything they owned to buy, be able to buy a ticket to come and visit this place. It was, it was really out of the ordinary. And I had the chance to be there for three days. And then when I was uh, coming to the airport, after having been in this presence, I realized something had changed. So I had been a pastor for a while already back then. I had preached many times on the love of God and God as the Father who loves us unconditionally and the rest of it. I knew all the theory. But what happened as I was in this atmosphere where the favor of God was so clearly stated in so many ways was that it started to drift from up here and then down here to the heart. The heart started to receive the message. And suddenly I, who am normally a very introvert person who likes to find a corner in the room and disappear a little bit, I I was eager to get in touch with totally strangers in this airport to somehow express the love of God because I was so filled up with it. And when I came home to my normal routine, I realized something profound has changed. One of the members of the church came to me, actually, and she said, Last you are completely different. And then she paused, and she said, now I like you. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a bit of a mixed message. (laughs) But she was right. Something really had changed. Obedience was no longer a sad duty. It was more marked with joyful expectation. I didn't care too much about myself, but I was really eager to see what would happen when I just gave myself to God in the different situations. I really believe that it is in the dying from ourselves, surrendering ourselves fully to the the will of God, that fertile ground for God's life through the Word and the Spirit is being shaped in us. I believe this is a fundamental truth that we are living on, building on. This is how the life of God is being reincarnated into this world. And boy, the world needs that. Have you noticed? Between these services, I just went for a walk here in the area. Boy, how people I need of encountering the love of Jesus Christ. Maybe even some of us this evening are in grave need of realizing the reality of you being highly favored and finding out that God really truly is with you. Now, we easily think about big things when we talk about the will of God, right? I know, at least I do, in a Christian context, it becomes something about being sent as a missionary to a distant, uh, you know, destination or something like that. But I believe it's way more in the small things, even in the hidden things. Where I practice just surrendering to His presence. I'm aware of His presence and I surrender to His presence. So what's God's will for your life? Well, I have absolutely no idea. And, and I promise you, I'm not going to prophesy over you, at least not this evening. Um, but I really, truly believe that if you believe in Him, His very own life is in you. And I'm convinced that when we surrender to that life and that way of life that it calls us into, how we think about ourselves, how we think about others, what we do with our anger, how we spend our money, how we surrender our sexuality to Him, which, by the way, isn't a repression of sexuality. Quite the opposite, really. How I focus on people that I talk to, how I engage with people fighting for a corner on the tube. Wow, that hurt, right? It's how I, in a million ways, practice dying from myself, and my own comfort for His life to shine through me. Can I have the band come up, please? Is is this something very dis different and distant from who you are and from who I am? You know what? The answer is no. This kind of life, this kind of surrendering, this kind, kind of awareness of the presence of God, this kind of surrendering to obedience, that is really who we are. The North African church father, Augustine, said it like this. He said, God is more me than I am. What an amazing thing. God is more me than I am. So the kind of lifestyle that Mary is role modeling to us, what we are focusing on this evening is us finding home with God, but actually also with ourselves. And if you in any way feel like, oh, now I have a big task ahead of me, now I need to pull myself together again, then I haven't done a good job this evening. Because that's really not what it's about. We cannot transform ourselves. We cannot become by our own power. But we can surrender to surrendering. That we can do. It's the little spirituality. It's us allowing God to meet us in our circumstances of life, rather than seeking to spend our lives altering those circumstances. And this is quite key, isn't it? What the world constantly will tell us is, what you need to do is alter your circumstances of life. And we so easily fall into that. But fundamentally, that doesn't change anything for us. But surrendering to Him, Being in the moment, in whatever circumstance, in His presence, and being obedient to that, that transforms us. That changes everything. Let's stand. Let it be to me as you have said. This was Mary's response. And by saying these words, she was obedient to the value God had placed on her. Let it be to me as you have said. And by saying those words, she said yes to his calling, to be a vessel for Jesus, to enter and become visible in this world. And I wonder if there is a healing that we are drawn into this evening, some of us the healing of the heart that Mary experienced. Holy Spirit, I just pray that wherever there are hearts suffering from lack of knowledge, how highly they are favored by you. Wherever there are hearts not knowing that you truly are with them, I pray that your healing work will be happening right now as we are standing here in your presence. I pray for angel visitations that angels will knock on our doors, the doors of our hearts, and just let us know that things are different from what we thought. That the value on us is much higher than we anticipated. Holy Spirit, thank you for that work. And I see the Holy Spirit at work doing this in the hearts of some of us. Let's just enjoy that. Let's just receive that. For some of us, it's a grave need And it's essential for our lives that something dramatic, significant is happening even on a night like this. And for some of us, it's a brush up. It's being reminded of something that we know but we need to get back to. Being renewed in that. Dear, dear, dear friend, you are called to live your life differently. You're not called to be a victim of the culture that we're in right now. So please don't be caught there. Choose to live life differently. For God's sake and for your own sake. His love is real. His transformational power is real. The life following Jesus, living his way, it's real. Father, I thank you for your wonderful work in our hearts.